Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Episode of Soundtracks on the Sticks. My name is Chris Donaceno. I'm your host here today. Along with me, as always, is my co-host Jordan Young. Jordan, how's it going? It's a bright day in uh, small Newark, Delaware, to say the very least. I'm actually looking at myself through the camera lens today, and I am realizing something. I look like a person that should get punched in the face often. <laughs> But you know what? It's White Boy Summer 2021. And as a man who is not white, I figure why not at least do the best I can to bring big chat energy to this podcast. That is all the bird app talk I know how to do. Okay. I don't even know what I just said. It's ridiculous. This is a podcast about video game music. And due to the fact that it is about video game music, Chris and myself... We can. We have been playing video games for, let's be honest here, 30 years. Spoilers, we're old. We However, are. there is someone who is just as old as us, ironically, and the reason I'm kind of stealing the thunder from uh, the Chris's intro here is because I feel like I need to introduce this man. On you June 15, 1987, I was born at at 4.53 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Christiana Hospital in Newark, Delaware. However, on that day, my thunder to, that I didn't even know was completely stolen by someone way cooler than me who had the audacity to be born like a few hours before me. I would meet this man, okay, at the age of 23 at a place called Otacon in Baltimore, Maryland, where it used to be from. It was fantastic. Lo and behold, this man also shares a deep, deep love for all things video games, for all things video game music. And him and I actually bonded over the uh, the soundtrack that we're going to talk about today. This to, For those that have listened, the game we're covering today is his Donkey Kong Country 2 for me. It's uh, his Chrono Trigger for Phil. Mm-hmm. But... Again, back to this man. He had the audacity to be born on June 15, 1987, before me, Eastern Standard Time. So my whole thing. His name is, well, how do you introduce? To me, he's Phil now. To many, he has a cosplay name that I will not try to pronounce. It would be Shinryu cosplay, as a matter of fact. Uh, our long-term, long-time friend, cosplayer, streamer, Jack of all trades, uh, Phil now. Phil, thank you for being here with us. This is really exciting. I actually knew how to say Shin Radio. I just wanted to, you know, take the piss out of him. <laughs> no, since I was taking the piss out of him. Of course. being born the same day as me and everything. Imagine I how appreciate I the uh, intro, in boys. <laughs> yeah, imagine how I feel being born in late November of that same year compared to you guys being a couple months ahead of me on this one. So, 1987, what a year. Yeah, it's crazy that we were born the same year. Like, and I'm older by like a couple hours. It's kind of nuts. 
Do you and know we didn't, we didn't exactly meet much when you later. were born, Eastern Standard Time? Uh, I think it was like, I think like 10, 30, 12 o'clock. I'm not sure. It's like you between those. Literally, the, the, the you time. were born on a lunch break. Well, that makes perfect sense. Of course you were born on a lunch break. You go through life, chill, everything's vibe, and boom. Me, 4.53 p.m., seven minutes before the time to clock out on the 9 to 5. Complete chaos. Nonsense. <laughs> it's almost perfect. What a day. Gemini season. Sorry, yes. guys. No, you're good. Uh, it's just very interesting considering that we all sort of know the time frames in which we were born on our end of the spectrum. I know mine specifically was at like 10.47 p.m. that night of November 26th, and that's mainly because I was about five weeks ahead of schedule, according to my mom. So I was supposed to be in December. Me too. Was, turns out November is when I wanted to get out July, of baby. Turns out I didn't want to be a Capricorn. Yeah, so, so you're like, get me out of there. Pretty much. With me being early, it probably was because what happened was Phil was born at lunchtime. And when that energy hit the universe, my mom was like, you know what? It's time. It's time right Just, now, today. Same let's day. Go. Faded mm -hmm. meeting. Same exact day. Ironically, and... because my last name is now. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the puns are the real. Is, the reason on this show we kind of go a lot about when we were born in 1987 is because the video game industry has truly grown right now it's the most popular form of entertainment of the world it's the mega conglomerate that it is however for us we got to really see this industry go from the, the niche that it was after the crash and evolve into what it is today and for for us um can i just say millennials uh, yeah, this to us was the equivalent of being born in the late 20s, early 30s when the silent film generation ended and getting to grow up and then inevitably see film, right? Like, video games went through so much and the music of them, like, is the soundtrack of a lot of our, I hate to say it, but childhoods, teenage hoods, and now the video game music is such an accepted form. It has connected so many of us. And Phil, I mean, that's how we really truly got to know each other. Jamming out to, uh, do you listen to video game music? Love the video game music all the time. Like, oh. mm -hmm. And as we mentioned before, Phil specifically is with us for this episode because to him, this is what, uh, for Jordan, Donkey Kong Country 2 is, and for me, what Chrono Trigger is. Ironic that all three of those fall under the lines of being Super Nintendo games at that, so you know, uh, go figure how that one works out. But today they also all had incredible soundtracks. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, we're going to be talking about Mega Man X uh, today for this particular episode. We initially thought about doing the entire X series, but then realized that's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of different sounds. To where X was kind of where we felt we'd be able to give the most focus to. So let's just cover the basics of that game right off the bat uh, for. A minor trivia, if you will, with that. It was released initially on December 17th, 1993 by Capcom on the Super Nintendo, Famicom, whichever way that you want to describe it. It was really the first 16-bit uh, Mega Man game. Uh, prior to that point, all the Mega Man entries had been on the NES. So the musical score for Mega Man X uh, was composed by Capcom's uh, sound group, the Alf Lila Group. Now, for those who aren't familiar, the Alf Lila Group, which is also known as uh, and if my 
the pronunciation of it is incorrect. My apologies in advance to anyone. Any corrections to that, you can just throw it at me at Sounds on Sticks on Twitter. Uh, they were also known as either Alpha Lila, Walila, or Alpha Lila, the name deriving from the katakana spelling of 1001 Nights, which was a collection of Middle Eastern folktales compiled in Arabic during the Islamic Golden Age, which is better known in the West as Arabian Nights. So, definitely some historical parallels there with the cho choice that they made for that name. And the really interesting part is that alongside the composers that we're going to be talking about that were responsible for the soundtrack, on that sound group that they had, some of the more well-known famous composers that were a part of that full-fledged, like, in-house band that they had at one point were people like keyboardist Spun Bun, uh, also known as Yasuaki Fujita, who went on to, who had composed at that point songs for Mega Man's 3 and 4. Uh, he eventually would get to work on Breath of Fire, uh, Metal Slug 1st and 2nd Mission, uh, some songs in King of Fighters 95, and probably the most famous member of that in-sound band, which was uh, Pianist P, with a little music uh, note at the end, who is better known as Yoko Shimomura of Street Fighter 2, Parasite Eve, uh, Super Mario RPG, and Kingdom Hearts fame. But specifically for Mega Man X, for the composers that did work on that, uh, Setsuo Yamamoto, credited as Setsuo, was initially the sole composer that was assigned to the game, and he did contribute to a vast majority of the soundtrack, but four other composers in uh, Yuki Iwai, credited as Sato, Toshihiko Horiyama, credited as Kiri, Yuko Takehara, credited as Yuko, and Makoto Tomozawa, credited as Tomozo, were brought in late into the production to help finish the soundtrack. And this is a little bit important because Iwai and Horiyama would eventually later go on to compose soundtracks for Mega Man X2 and Mega Man X4, respectively. Now, during my whole research pro process of just the basics when it came to the sound of this game, interestingly, when you go from the NES to the SNES, you definitely had a better audio chip, sound chip to work with, and Super Nintendo's SBC 700 uh, was definitely that. as It was capable of producing and mixing about eight different audio channels, and Capcom Sound Team definitely decided to have uh, try to take advantage of that and get some workarounds to produce the kind of sound that they did on the soundtrack that went from kind of your more synth-based stuff that the original Mega Man's had to more electric guitar, bass, some more drums incorporated into it. And some of the stuff that they did with that specifically was even going as far as using two whole sound channels out of the eight that the Nintendo Super Nintendo sound chip was capable of doing just specifically for different drum kit sounds or doing stuff like sampling entire guitar notes or chords to kind of produce multiple notes simultaneously from the same sound channel. Uh, horns and synthesizers got getting the same treatment as well. And overall, it just made for such a different sound compared to what we were used to on the older Mega Man games. And Part of why it, it is as iconic as it is, and I think at this point, now that we've gotten the trivia out of the way, we can definitely talk a little bit more about 
our own experiences with the game. And Phil, we brought you into this mess because you wanted to talk about this game, so it's only right that you get to start us off. Just tell us in terms of when did you play Mega Man X for the first time, what were your sort of emotions, feelings going through it, stuff regarding the soundtrack. Uh, oh, boy. At this point. So this game is just like we were talking about earlier. Donkey Kong, Jordan's Donkey Kong. You know, this game literally, like, changed the what music I listened to. Like, at that point, I didn't even know what I was really into until I heard this the music from this game. I was so hyped listening to this music when I was a kid. I don't remember what age I started. I remember it was, like, one of my first Super Nintendo games. So, like, I think I got, I got it, like, right away. So when it came out, like, I was immediately hooked. I was playing that game, like, every day. Even in college, I, I still was playing it, like, in class. Yes, I was supposed to be playing during class, but I was literally playing, like, every day. I just had my headphones on in one ear, and I was just speed running the game, like, like it was nothing. I have a couple... There's, I love all of the, the stages in that game. Like, all of them have fire songs. I think my least favorite is probably, like, Armor, Armor, Armadillo probably is probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Out of all of them, well, I mean, when it comes to Mega Man X, I remember being very, very, very confused because I was like, "Wait a second, this there's only six Mega Mans. Why is there a Mega Man Ten now?" Because in first grade, yes, I was like six when this game came out. In 1993, I was, we were like, for some other reason, doing Roman numerals. So I was just like, oh my god, I'm on the Super Nintendo bomb, it's Mega Man 10. And I was like, but where's Mega Man 7, 8, and 9? Whatever, I didn't care. I start this game, and the first one that plays is, I do believe the official title per Capcom is just opening stage. Yeah. Which everybody knows to be like, the theme of the series, essentially, just that at like I love that. That maybe of all when you think about the iconic sounds of the Super Nintendo, that first just little riff in the opening stage may be the most iconic sound of the Super Nintendo. I don't know anyone that cannot instantly recognize that song, and that stage is still like one of the best just introductions in general. It's like oh. This is a different Mega Man. This isn't the Blue Bomber. Well, I mean, he's still the Blue Bomber, but this isn't the same Blue Bomber that you just played on the NES. Charge shot is unlocked off the jump. Like it was a three. You can, you can jump off wall? You can go yeah, on the wall? Yeah, I lost my mind. And that it's like, uh, you know, in. We call them cutscene, they're like cutscene battles, like battles where you're just scripted to lose no matter what. Mega Man X, that's like a JRPG thing. Mega Man X starts you off with that right off the jump. Like, you get clapped. You cannot win. Well, you're not supposed to win. Cats, cheats, whatever. You get clapped, you get win. And then there's, like, all of a sudden, oh, there's, like, conversations in the middle of the game now? And Meg- this is Mega Man? But all of that, for some, like, all these advances are being made. Right? Mm-hmm. For the action, action platformer, if you want to call it that. Yet, the main thing that people remember from Mega Man X, despite the the upgrade system, the platforming, the shooting, the bosses, the soundtrack, the soundtrack sends that game to another level. It's like, I always think about like, like on paper, Mega Man X3, Mega Man X2 are 
maybe more competent games as far as gameplay, but you know what they don't have? For some reason, not making an next soundtrack. Because what do the kids say? It's a little different. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, but I do believe. Well, I'm That's not calling you crazy. That is it. definitely, I agree, I agree 100%. Like, I love the other games, don't get me wrong, but like, X just, I will listen to that soundtrack all day. Yeah, going back to it, opening stage really, it does set the stage officially that this is going to be a much different soundtrack than they, in any of the previous Mega Man entries that we've had before. Now, when it comes to the gameplay portion of the game itself, Inafuma uh, did say that he was inspired by JRPGs being the hit that they were at the time to try a couple of different things, like the armor system that they eventually included, where you find the extra parts just to give X a few more power-ups and stuff of the sort. But yeah, opening stage uh, hits really hard in terms of kind of putting you in sort of a bombed out cities post-apocalyptic uh where everything is just going the chaos at that point and you have that initial boss fight that you're not supposed to win in any way and then of course you get introduced to someone who would become iconic in his own right for this next generation of Mega Man games with Zero coming in and of course Zero Steam which we unfortunately wouldn't be able to hear in full all the way until Mega Man X6 but Boy, talk about another theme where they just hit a home run on altogether. Like to this day, it's still yeah. one of the iconic. Four did a great job too. Yeah, four did fantastic with it as well. Absolutely, but and when it comes to it as well, I know Phil mentioned Ar- Armadillo's uh, stage being like his least favorite. For me, it was more Stink Chameleon personally was the one that didn't hit me as well. But I think we can we all agree that out of the normal stages storm eagle ranks near the top if not at the top altogether at this point like oh storm eagle is definitely up there storm Eagle's like the best Mega Man X Spark, my favorite i have to say is spark mandrel spark yeah that's also good a sleeper sure. that i didn't really realize slapped really well launcher octopus he that that soundtrack slaps mm-hmm yeah, this uh, specifically just the base feel about like, launch octopus was different to say the least. So, with as always in Mega Man, one of the big things is obviously every level has a boss battle at the end of it against the Mavericks this time. Like, how did you guys feel about the boss things for this game? I, man, I don't remember much of how I thought about it when I was younger, but man, when I got to replay it like so many times, like I really liked the the, the way they looked. They're all animals. They all everybody had weaknesses. Like I remember playing the game when I was younger. I had no idea fighting each boss like without even knowing their own, their weakness until you like accidentally figure it out when you shoot like play mammoth with like an ice shot and he freezes. And you're like, wait, hello? Yeah. What just happened? The realization. I remember like, oh, like yeah, like oh. the weakness thing in the old Mega Man. No, not ice the tornado. Now it's like oh, that's how this works now. Mm-hmm. You know. That always made me pop, because I was like, I, obviously, like I said, we were all about the same age. Six, right? 19, 1993, generally. And I was just like, oh, this is how this works now. Now you can visibly see. And it kind of got me thinking in the flow of, like, you you mentioned speedrunning the game earlier, right? It kind of got me thinking in the patterns of, well, if I and I can go here and I can do this to get this before this I really feel like Mega Man X was one of the early games that kind of 
I, look, I personally am not a speedrunner. I know, I know that's like the apex of like figuring out a game and whatnot. Um, but I look at the way Mega Man X is lined up, and every it's like, okay, that mindset that that put into me to kind of think, what is the most efficient way to run through this game instead of like level one, level two, level three, level four, level five? For me, Mega Man X had to be like, okay. I'm not thinking of levels, I'm thinking of weaknesses, I'm thinking of how quick am I moving. Exactly. And the coolest part, though, was, right, I, this is going to be, this sounds like something that I'm making up on the spot, but I can tell you, with my glasses off, even though you talk, I'm, like, dying in the sunlight, but I am a sincere boy right now, but, uh, like, I'm, like, it's literally, I'm not trying to be cool, like, I'm bathing over here. Yeah. I would write down like the order of bosses that I would run this game, and then in my head at school, I would just like hum the songs all day in that order over and over and over and over. And this is back before we had these, you know, I went to like grab my phone and be like these magical devices. Somebody, somebody in chat actually brought up the point where like (laughs) that's where we searched the internet to get MIDI files. Yeah, like, like, before we even had mini files, before we had any of that, I would, like, train myself to remember on my little cassette recorder. Like, I would just record music from the thing, and then I'd go to school, and, like, during math, whatever, be zoned out completely. I'll be thinking, and then I found you a penguin, but then you got a swim manager. Go home, get home, just do it. Of course being six it didn't always work out that way but it blows my mind how much like remembering the melodies of the music would be what stuck in my head the most like that i don't know if i'm like a not do you guys know how like people experience music differently like there are some people who could just hear something and play by hand there are other people who can look for me like if i wanted to remember something and like actually put it in my memory I take like a musical cue from it, a medley. Mm-hmm. So for video games, like for the longest time, I'd be like, uh, uh, in like Sonic Two, I'd be like uh, the 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 the, da, 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 and I'd like hum the song instead of like saying what the stage does. That's just how I remember. Just a little aside, but usually on this podcast, it's like Chris is our technical guy, and I'm like, this is how I lived my life mm-hmm. through video game music, and then. When like uh, somebody in the chat said, when the Monai files were a thing on the early internet, send me yo Zofar's domain. Make my was give me a sweet video game music. But now we can stream it. All of it. Capcom Sound Team is all available on Apple Music and Spotify. Mm-hmm. But okay, so we're we're now like we all had our experiences. But Chris, I mean, what were your experiences? Kind of with Mega Man X, right? A lot of it just... Because you were not in the... Yeah, uh, I wasn't in the U.S. at the time, United States of America. So for me, in particular, I can admit this right off the bat, in terms of Mega Man X and those series and the like, I've always read about it in magazines in Brazil, with gaming magazines, because they would go over it. And Brazil was a very interesting experience when it came to video games for me, because at the time, I owned... Uh, Sega Genesis, luckily, on my end of the spectrum. So any Super Nintendo games that I played, I had to go to my local uh, video store that had, basically, the way it works is that it was about about a mile or so within walking distance. So, you know, you're looking at a good 15, 20 minutes from where 
my home was at with my grandparents and the like. Uh, once you got there, you basically went up a set of stairs. Uh, they have an entire their entire second floor. On one side, you'd have pretty much everything. VHS eventually into DVDs once the turning of the millennium came about. But then on the left side, you have the smaller area where it was solely dedicated to video games. Uh, and what they did is that alongside letting you rent uh, video games at the time too, like depending on ki what kind of membership you had, they had four different stations with uh, different consoles in which you could pay them up for like an hour to two hours is worth of time to actually uh, grab one of the games that they had available, sit down with it, and then just play it for the time that you had allotted. So a lot of my playing experiences with Super Nintendo games initially came from that. And that was initially how I played a little bit of Mega Man X, a little bit of Mega Man X2, uh, some of the older Mega Mans as well. But my initial experience with the X series was because because at one point I did own a Sega Saturn, so Mega Man X Four is what I initially owned in terms of that series and what I played the absolute hell out of. So eventually, once I got to the United States and I understood English a little bit better, that's where through. The magic of things that we can't talk about on stream, I was able to track some of those older games and play them a little bit more thoroughly, if you will, and X was definitely among those. So a lot of those experiences did happen at a much later age for me. Well, not at a much later age. I was able to understand them better at a much later age than I was when I was a kid. But still being able to experience those, a little bit of those during childhood, it was... Excited because you could still hear the soundtrack and think, oh yeah, this is pretty cool and it's fun to play too. So yeah, that was essential. More of the critical thinking and understanding of it came more so during my teenage years. Which I think one of the things that made me interest, uh, interested again alongside the main themes for the different eight bosses that you had at the start was Sigma eventually having four different stages and music corresponding to each one of those now it. stage three we don't talk about stage three because that was just weird in every way shape or form i think the only miss of the soundtrack to me was that third stage of sigma music wise but everything else hit just fine and i the battle. <laughs> hated that i hated sigma's palace so much because like for me like yeah, I mean, when i would speed run it, i would play no that's 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 the Wily soundtrack is actual in every one that he appears in. But, like, man, Sigma, Sigma would get me tilted because, like, he's the only he's the only stage I couldn't clear without getting hit. Like, when I would speedrun, I literally would just get to that stage. I would I can kill every boss and go through every stage without getting hit, except for that stage. That's the only stage I could never clear without getting hit. And that spider that appears in, in, this, in, this, in Sigma, the first one, Yo, I hate that. That boss still to this day. <laughs> so Mega Man X was the game that I couldn't beat in the rental time. It drove me nuts because this game is so good. However, full disclosure, this is how it had to be for me, right? So when I was growing up, I was one of the people fortunate enough to have a Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. I had Sega Channel, 
So the way that it worked was every week I would rent one game on the Super Nintendo, right? One or two games on Super Nintendo, and then Sega Channel obviously I didn't need to rent anything because I would have like a 50 new games every month. Mega Man X would drive me nuts as a kid because I could never beat it. So I'd still rent it like week after week after week, and it was taking all my rentals. And I kept dying or blood doom sigma spark. And it's just like to this day, I will hear that portion of the song hit and get mad. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person that really like has emotional uh reactions to music in the way most do. I'm one of those weird people that like just kinda listen to everything and never like tied a lot of my own personal experience. Like I'm for video game music, yes, but in general like how somebody can hear, like, I can't listen to the song because it takes me to a, uh, a dark place. I can't listen to this song because it reminds me of this, that, and the other. I don't have that with songs. However, however, that third Sigma song that plays in the rally at the end of Mega Man X, that song, I hear it, I get mad, I turn it off. On my Mega Man X soundtrack that I have downloaded, I am not BSing you. That song, I removed. <laughs> and I'm a purist, but I'm okay. That's how it goes. Because that is like the... You know how many times I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to rent me, I don't know. Uh, actually, half the time I was like, I'm going to get Final Fight or something this week. Like, you did be making me an shit. Rent it again. Die again. Every week. Blockbuster for those um, gen younger... Oh my god. Blockbuster was, was such What's a savior. Old? But I... Running games. Blockbuster After playing it, you know what? I beat I, Mega Man X two and three before I beat Mega Man X. That's, that's how hard it was for me. Like mm-hmm. I finished two and three, but I could never. <sighs> yeah, from a gameplay yeah. standpoint, X was definitely Ooh, way more difficult than some of the late, later entries for sure. Actually, I think wait, if I remember correctly, what up? Because I, I had I downloaded them later on. I had all the games later. But like, oh, I had all of them when they came out. But like, I remember two was really hard because you didn't just dash left and right; you had to dash up and down. Or oh, that might have been three. Three. Yeah, three. I think two was way harder than X because like you had to go up and then down and then like left, right, and like it was just X was kind of like really. Oh, it was X three. Okay, thank you. So like X three, you just had to go like up, down, left, right, like dash, go upward, dash, go downward, like. You had to do so many directions. Like, X, it was kind of like you had to go one way or, like, just time your jumps or, like, do, like, the fade where you would just, like, do the jump and, like, zigzag through through things, which is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny, though, because obviously the name of this uh, podcast is Hot on the Sticks, but there are times when, like, I feel like right now, with especially with Mega Man, Mega Man X... It's Mega Man X. But when it comes to this series as a whole, I and this is going to sound wild, so I'll take this one on the chin. I think the Mega Man franchise is Capcom's best series when it comes to music. Yes, even better than some of the iconic Street Fighter tunes. Every Mega Man game, be it chiptune from Mega Man 1 through 10, the just absurd 16-bit mastery with that sound chip on the SNES for the X games. And you know what? I really feel like the series re- like allowed more 
hmm, how to word this properly? You know what's weird when you're looking at yourself and you realize, like, all oh, the hand motions you do when you're just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. But nonetheless, think about this. How much shredding was going down in video games before Mega Man X came around? Exactly. Think how much shredding came after, though. All of a sudden, guitar riffs, helping them like that. Like, that energy is in so many games now. Yeah, it's... For the love of God, like, dude, dude, dude. Like, think about this. Doom? Like, Doom Eternal? I say this all the time. Doom Eternal is, um... It's a soundtrack, and it has, like, this game you play on the side. It's just... And that energy, like, Quake was like that, too. Yes, but all of that, really, from Mega Man. Just introducing, like... Go in right off the jump, opening stage's energy really is like sets the tone for so many games to start off strong. Now, I think about that all the time. Think of, like before that, how much shredding was really going down in video games before 1993? Yeah, it's one of those things again where, with sound cards being as limited as they were, you could only do so much at a certain point. But Capcom kind of deciding, hey. This is how you can circumvent a lot of this. And when we think about it, Jordan, considering we did the Donkey Kong 2 episode already as well, when you think about it, some of the best soundtracks on the Super Nintendo are the ones that are kind of pushing that limit of what that sound chip can do and working around whatever it is that they have to do to give us this, give the sound that they wanted to go for as part of the Vision 4 that soundtrack and eventually you'd Uh-oh. see more examples of that electric guitar in video games was like i not them remember so. playing that game the game and just being musically lost afterwards i looked my whole almost my whole life to try to find music that sounded like mega man mega man x music like i was like what do i like oh i like rock music now because it has like similar like similar jams but i don't really care for the lyrics can i just play music that doesn't they don't sound, say anything i just want to jam yeah someone sure. in chat says x finally put the rock in rock and man this is true that it definitely Absolutely. considering the original name and yeah, um, 100%. and like in Duncan country too right when dixie does the like like when she when she shreds mm-hmm. and it was like and again i know i'm like hyper focusing on like just like shredding and like the electric guitars and whatnot but no like that sound was very difficult to do in general at the time, just with the technology of the time, the audio of the time, especially when you're shrinking down to modern format. You know what I mean? Mega Man X comes through, like the person in the chat said, put the rock in the rock man. And then all of a sudden, like, we, oh, well, that's a thing now. Next thing you know, Duke Nukem's coming out, we're shredded with, you know, the Duke. I already mentioned Quake, Doom, obviously. I mean, come on. Hell, you can even go back into some of... It's weird, but yeah. it's true. And the Beavis and, and Butthead game on Super Nintendo. Yeah, the, sure. uh One of the main songs, Ready to Rock, is like a whole ass, like, straight eargasm of just like... And it's like... It sounds like Mega Man music. Yeah, it's, it's like... I say this all the time. It's, you want to talk about template setters. Like, video game soundtracks that set kind of a lot of templates... And we're, we're like, oh, 
that works in the genre. It doesn't all have to be just like catchy do 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 with all due respect to the greatest video game song of all time. You look at Mega Man. Yeah, and not just Mega Man me. itself, too, of the Rockman series, but if you think about it, Capcom kind of got a, a blueprint on what to do with game entries in their own kind of universe as well, because eventually Street Fighter 2 definitely tried a couple of new things with their uh, sounds as well. Uh, oh, some well, of the yeah. guys eventually taking a cue uh, on the SNK spectrum and doing the stuff that they did with the Fatal Furies, Our Fighting's King of Fighters of the World. It just, it did open up some new windows as to like, okay, this is how far we can push this depending on what kind of sound chip that we're using and how do we circumvent oh. one or two things around it by, you know, playing one specific note and then using the pitches to sort of alter how you can basically use that in-game verse and make it sound like it's a legitimate thing. Oh, and for I'm like tweak I forgot to obviously mention like fighting games did have that, but I mean like as far as like you always had your stereotypical like one player like level one go go mm -hmm. music, you know? Yeah. Then Mega Man X happens, and then it's like now single player two is, oh, that could be level music because we all, a lot of, actually, we're just going off, but that's fine. Um, Pulse Man, actually, a very not played by mini game on the Genesis. Pulse Man starts off, if you pick the Japan stage, rocking its ass off, which is something that in platformers was not a thing at all. Oh. But guess who, baby? True. Rockman himself. That's why it's called Rockman in Japan. Well, it's funny. I say Rockman in Japan like that's that. No, Mega Man is the weird name, technically, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the interesting thing. I honestly don't even remember how it even happened. How they, like, switched the name, how the names got, like... Did you guys mess with Maverick Hunter X, though? The PSP complete redo. Mega Man Maverick Hunter X. Uh, that game that. was incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. You were on the same side here. Uh, because, like, I'm a pure, like, there's a lot of, like, if they're going to take an all-time classic, and especially remix the soundtrack. They did. But, yo, they that did. With Final Fantasy Tactics as well. They The Do remake I for the PSP you? was actual fire. It was so Hunter good. X. I think it's like, one, of the, one of the few Capcom makeovers of, like, a Mega Man, like, classics, remakes, or whatnot, in which they really did hit a home run out of. Because a couple of those have just been sort of, like, lazy ports to a certain extent, but, like, that <laughs> specific yes. one was just very, very well done. Like, good Yeah, that, that, like, watching, like, going off on a different game real quick, like, when they redid Final Fantasy Tactics for the PSP, like, adding cutscenes to the game where you didn't get them before? Yeah. Yo. And going back to Mega Man now for that, the fact that you could play Vile? Excuse yeah, me? True. True. <laughs> you kind of got his perspective on, like, the whole shenanigans. I was just like, oh, my God. And if you want to talk about how a game uh, is that, like, iconic and, I guess, the impact it had, right? The Blue Bomber was already one of the biggest characters in gaming, right? So, could you think about this? Uh, you get to the Super Nintendo, and it's Super Mario World. It's like, hey, it's Mario, but, like, Mario X. Like, it's not the same Mario from before. Right. So, this is, uh, this, you know, there's only two times that's happened. 
uh, that, that it went well, right? Uh, Mega Man and Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong, like, they ease you into it, like, very slowly before you realize, like, oh, that, that Donkey Kong isn't the Donkey Kong from the arcade game. But with Mega Man, it's like, wait, wait, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. So that robot isn't Mega Man X. It's a completely new person, a completely new doctor, and a completely new villain. But yet, you look at the, like, crossover games, right? Uh, Mega Marvel vs. Capcom, it's Mega Man X. Uh, they even did the Infinite, it's like Ultron Sigma, like Sigma. Mm-hmm. Mega Man, they somehow took Mega Man, who was such a huge character, said, there's another one, X, with a whole, his own set of everything, ran them concurrently. A lot of people forget about that, like Mega Man 7, released on the Super Nintendo as well, along with the X games. Yeah. And yet, it worked. Like, that idea, when you're establishing these video games, early video game icons, the fact that you took Mega Man, made another one, added a letter to it, put a whole new cast, a whole new sound direction for the most part, and ran with it, and so continued, that's crazy. And that's off the strength of how good Mega Man X was. Like, if you think about it, that could have flopped completely and just confused people to infinity and beyond. You don't see, like, Samus X or Mario L or, you know what I mean? Even with Donkey Kong, it's like, it's a descendant of. It's not like a completely new ape, right? It's it's side part that I think about a lot, too. Like, they ran this risk, and it worked. It doesn't speak to how good... Actually, is that the only time Capcom? Yeah, that is first and maybe. They switched protagonists around, but they're all the same. Damn, yeah. But yet there's Mega Man X with his own cast and regular Mega Man, I guess. And like and when they made the him, other I, ones later, you like you didn't really think like, oh, okay, whatever. It just this is a stronger Mega Man. It's, yeah, it's basically, I don't it's even think it's a stronger Mega like, Man. Yeah, it's kinda like idea Doctor Light's ideal robot at that point that was created more so for a very, very distant future. Kind of like Mega Man was the original Rockman Mega Man was the original building block for that and X was supposed to be the one that absorbed pretty much all the information around their universe so that way once it was ready to wake up it could make the right decisions to protect whatever future it woke up on was sort of the idea with that and then yeah. the interesting caveat of you know bringing in Zero who didn't remember much about himself but as you the games go on you learn that was Dr. Wily's greatest masterpiece, and ironically enough, the robot that sort of brought the whole, uh, ma- the whole Maverick, you know, the viruses and the Mavericks turning the way that they did, Sigma turning the way that he did, and sort of creating the antagonist of the series as we would go on to see on top of it, which just makes for a really so, interesting now that we're here, kind of. Yeah, I was just like, that was kind of freeballing with the lore and whatnot. So, like, Mega Man X9, will it ever happen? I hope so. Yeah, we, we're up to Mega Man 11 in the classics, right? So, Mega Man X9, will, a lot of people, myself included, we grinded through X7 and... I think we're eight, missing a game what? that needs that actually needs it more than, than, uh, than X9. No, I agree. Like I miss like Mega I Man Legends X. need to come needs to come back. 
Yeah, I was thinking, like, look at Mega Man 9, right? Mega Man 9 uh, went back. Mega Man 9 is essentially like a sequel to Mega Man 2, and you don't even have the charge shot, right? Like, they really went, okay, Mega Man 9 is going to be Mega Man 2 with some modern sensibilities and design. Um, I would love to see Mega Man X9 be that for Mega Man X. And it, come on, like, you cannot tell me that a Mega Man X style, 16-bit exactly, essentially like if there was a Mega Man X4 on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. would not be a, just a huge hit, you know? The especially latest entry in... to a Mega Man X is Mega Man X Dive. It's a mobile game. And, like, it's rare that I don't hear about a game, and I've legitimately never heard of that information for me today. Yeah, I'm going to look into it a little. Is that on Apple Arcade? I have seen something about that on Dive specifically. It's just... Oh, it there's like a C. You see this guy? Right? Well, let me put... This right here yeah. on your phone is a glorious thing if you're on Apple Arcade. Like, Oh, right, yes. Yeah, they said X9 was teased in the Mega Man X collection for Volume 2, which was also incredible. I love that they just oh, putting all of the like, games together the and just collection? being like, yeah, they made a second one. They did. It was yeah, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2, which is. And you know what? It's with those Legacy Collections, I, like, of course, spend too much time in the juke. Mind you, I have these songs everywhere. Like, right, music comes with this everywhere now. Sure enough, I was like, oh, there's a jukebox. Thank you. Yeah. Just and just to kind of go back to the soundtrack right. for a moment, too, because I know we talked about the Sigma stage musics, but then you also have Sigma as the final boss, where it's three different stages where you have the first battle, the rebirth, and then the final battle on top of it, which is just... If we're talking about final boss songs, I think... For X specifically, they were good, but I do think that the later entries in X would make uh, better Final Boss songs. But still, a very good standard to set, if anything, with these. Interesting. Someone brought something brought up a really good point in chat, actually. They said, considering how well they're doing with Mega Man 11, DMC, and Resident Evil, all the remakes are, are pretty good. So, like, they have my confidence, too. Yeah, I, I like, sincerely mean that. Like, if, if, if there could be, like, a Mega Man X9, I would assume that it wouldn't exactly try to be, uh, like, modern, 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 because we haven't had, like, a modern Mega Man game uh, that would be today's AAA standards. I would think that... Just like, like I said earlier, Mega Man 9 Classic, Mega Man X9 would go back to everyone's favorite Mega Man X game, which is the original, right? Like, everybody's favorite classic Mega Man game was always Mega Man 2, and you would do so well with that. Or if they did want to modernize it a little bit, uh, to that chat, uh, I can't really see the chat, obviously, but to that person's point, um, Capcom, when they want to, they are... Dare I say, possibly one of the best in class, right? Like, Resident Evil 2 Remake is phenomenal. Um, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. I know there's a million Street Fighter 2s, but they actually did remake it, and it was fantastic. I mean, can Mega Man X get that love? Because the character of X now 
has been like obviously he's the he's the Mega Man representing Marvel versus Capcom, but we've had Mega Man nine, ten, eleven, and Mega Man X has stopped on the PS2. With well, besides the mobile game that I just learned about three minutes ago, yeah, I think it's definitely a Other situation that, yeah, where I would, man. if they if they take, I think a lot of what they did with the gameplay and the graphics design of what they were doing with X Four and X Five combine it with the work that they were doing on the soundtracks for the original X and then sort of blend that all together, all the experiences that they had with the X series and try to make that into a game. I mean, you definitely have the possibility of a great one there if that's the route that they decide to take for X9. But if anything, it just makes me wonder again if they're going to have, if they do decide to go four foot X9 somewhere down the line, if we're going to get a lot of these callbacks the same way that stuff like say zero steam would get reused in Mega Man x6 from the original or where you'd have some of the sigma battle themes being used in like x2 and x6 oh, for or sure. dr light's cap dr light's capsule which is a sad as hell song getting reused in x and x5 as well when you're fighting the parts of the armor too so well you look at a you know, Mega Man 9, like, Mega Man 9's music is, like, Mega Man 2's music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, pause menu music is Mega Man 2's main menu theme. I could easily see opening stage being put in somewhere that would have to be. But, Phil, Phil, for you, uh, obviously, now that you've gotten into the Twitch streaming game, now that you've discovered this new Mega Man mobile game, uh, will we be seeing some Mega Man streams from Shinrai High high possibility that that's going to happen. Uh, I just got to figure out how to do that because if it's on the phone, there's like a I know there's a there's a certain adapter you need to get in order to get like plug it into your phone and let it just play games. Because like I had a friend that played Among Us that way, but now like hopefully it just comes out on Steam, so then we can just well play it. Is it strictly strictly strictly? Uh, it's a mobile game. There's another way to do it, but I'm not sure I'm if not I can. Connected, if you will, we'll just leave it, it at that. that way. There, yeah. Let's, uh, I'm I'm more connected, so uh, give me a second. I can, you know, once we wrap up here, I may be able to provide you with some infor- information. Sounds like Chris is doing the circle motion. Like, don't don't show anything like that. Chris, give me the watch. It's <laughs> in the background, just not it, fam. Not it. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. Just nonetheless, though, guys. One thing that I want to ask both of you, um, because this, as much as I do get down with the series, it may not come up to the series. For me, Mega Man isn't one of my like. It doesn't kind of hit me as deep, if you will, like the character. Uh, but for you guys, I know, especially Phil. The Blue Bomber, man, for you, I know the character as a whole, the sounds of them, the objects, just the, the sounds, the Mega Buster. Can you kind of say what Mega Man has meant to you as a whole and when it comes to your gaming? And you too, Chris, like. Hmm. I think for me, it was just my own personal way of getting introduced into the sort of platform, the plat- 2D platform sort of schemes that eventually would make me probably as big of an affection out of like the Metroid, Metroidvania style that eventually would be introduced with Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, I do think that 
stuff like Mega Man was kind of the prototype for that genre as a whole, uh, breaking out the way that it did there. So it definitely has that much of a staple for me in terms of my video gaming life as a whole, especially on the fact that I suck in terms of difficult games. Like, it takes me quite a while to get through a couple of those, but Mega Man was one of those where the challenge felt Same. good at the very least, to where, like, it wasn't where you wanted to just throw your controller on the floor and be like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want any more of it. It was more like, okay, I know what I did wrong here, so... Let's try not doing that and seeing how much further I can get at that point and kind of learning it as you go. So Mega Man at least made it fun and that the series at least made it challenging on that aspect to where it, it encouraged you to try again rather than just it being difficult for difficult sakes. It's not like it was Super Star Wars or something like that. <laughs> so. I, man, Mega Man X really, like, evolved my love for, like, the side-scrollers. Like, not only was I looking for games that had the same type of music, which you almost never saw until, like, much later on. But, like, man, I remember just uh, playing that game for hours. Like, that's another reason why I like Super Mario World, too, because it was, like, a side-scroller where you, were, you weren't limited to, like, the older Mario games where you couldn't be as mobile, I guess. Right. Like, you had Yoshi, you had, like, so many extra stuff that you, like, can do. Besides, like, you know, just grabbing a feather and being able to fly. Like, you had, like, the cape. The iconic cape that isn't, like, everything now. Mm -hmm. Or, like, so, like, for Mega Man, I was, like, I knew what kind of games I liked. Like, as soon as I picked that, like, so I started playing. I'm, like, this is it. I mean, now I play everything, but, like, I do right. love the side scrollers. Speaking of side scrollers, if you guys have, if you guys, there's a game that has a mix of like Ninja Gaiden and like old Ninja Gaiden yeah. and mm -hmm. Castlevania, Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow. That game is yeah. dumb hard. And it's but dumb it's, good. It's well, it's I mean, really good. Well, with Mega Man over that, you can't go without mentioning on the way out 20XX, right? 30XX2. Those games are essentially Mega Man X, 20XX and 30, well, the two come out, 30XX, are essentially the Mega Man X game that we should have got ages ago. The silence tells me neither of you guys have checked 20XX out. I have not played 20XX. Someone was talking about it earlier in chat, wait, but I wasn't. Wait. You haven't played 20XX? No. Well, it's funny because we have just hit an hour uh, of recording we've completed the podcast portion of this so right now phil's chat phil's stream hello i have no authority to do this but as someone who was born on the same day as mr felipe now yes believe it or not his full name is felipe i've seen his birth certificate that's a lie actually his driver's license but all the same because we were in florida listening to Mega man x music we were. Uh, we were just we were exploring the town Nonetheless, the, the next game you will you play on, on his channel. We're leaving it at that. It was a the next trip. game you will play on his channel is 20XX. Is that this man needs to... Yes, you need to experience this game as soon as possible. Oh my god. I can't... You've never heard of it? Dude. Dude. 
Dude, I've worked. Oh, listen, I worked overnight I, for like years, so I, I have been know. out of the loop. But we, this is the beauty of the connectivity and the platform that Chris provides us with. <laughs> this is the game for you. So right now, I'm going to throw it to the man himself, Mr. Chris Domaseno, to wrap us up with the proper social plugs. Uh, Phil, go ahead and just plug yourself. Where can we find you as a whole? Uh, I'm on. I'm currently on Twitch, uh, Shinryu Kaz. And uh, that's right, two views. And I'm also on Instagram and, and Facebook too. So say this, the, the, uh, the tag is the same for both. And that's basically spelled S-H-I-N-R-Y-U-U, correct? C-O-S? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Just wanted to make sure that so people are not misspelling it by accident, not being able to find you going, well, where, where is that? Uh, so anyways, for us in particular, uh, you can find me specifically at Brazilian Fury on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. Uh, you can also follow the podcast itself on Twitter at Sounds on Sticks. Uh, and you can find the podcast itself over at the Night of the Living Geeks podcasting network. Uh, that's at notlg.com. Uh, also, the SoundCloud directly is soundcloud.com slash dnotlg. Uh, as for Jordan, you can find him at... Oh. Um, but assume that's Jordan's Jordan, you're muted. but he's muted. So I'm gonna, just going to do it for him. You can find him specifically on Twitter at JCYoung24. He finally got back on the Bird app for the sake of this podcast. So, you know, we're, we're ready for that. As for uh, this podcast is up, you, there you go. Yeah, you heard the man. You can subscribe to <laughs> us uh, on, through the uh, Night of the Living Geeks podcasting network on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can find your podcasts, we're on as a whole. You can also support Soundtracks on the Sticks and all of the other NOTLG podcasts by uh, becoming a Patreon over at patreon.com slash NOTLG. Uh, Phil, Jordan, once again, thank you so much for being here for this one. This is episode six in a nutshell. Uh, any final thoughts before we head off? It was a great experience doing this with you guys. Uh, so thank you again. Have a good rest of your day, and uh, take care. Look forward to episode 7. Bye. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit notlg.com.